Hey, friends, and welcome to episode 179 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire better work-life balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and in today's episode, I'm pulling back the curtain, peeling the layers of the onion, and giving you an up-close and personal behind-the-scenes look at how I managed my time as a time management coach while writing a book about time management. Try saying that five times fast. And while you yourself may not be a time management coach managing your time while writing a book about time management, chances are at some point you'll find yourself managing a big project while life has to keep moving forward around you in the process. Maybe it's a huge work project that's taking up a ton of your time. Or you're building a home, which Although I've never done myself, I know there is a lot that goes into it over the course of several months. Even just a home renovation can be a huge undertaking. Planning events like milestone birthdays or anniversaries or even big trips if you prefer to DIY instead of working with a travel agent. Those are all major projects that require, you guessed it, time management. If you've been listening to the show recently, then you might remember me talking about writing a book and that the publication date is almost here. June 20th is the official launch day, but if you happen to catch this episode after June 20th, you're in luck. The book is out. (laughs) So be sure to grab a copy and I'll link everything for you in the show notes. As you can imagine, writing a book, a whole entire book with more than 50,000 words, is no joke, y'all. From the first time I thought about doing this back in 2019 to getting the ball rolling to now, there have been so many steps in between. The brainstorming, outlining, putting together a proposal, writing, editing, more writing, more editing, approving illustrations and cover images, editing again, prepping for launch day, the whole nine yards. But I didn't just get to press pause on life and completely focus on writing the book either. I still had clients to coach, a family to take care of. I was still working a full-time job as the head of community for a time management tech company for several months of the process. And, you know, don't forget, I needed a decent night's sleep somewhere in the middle of all that. And I know that when we're faced with big projects, Far too often, something or a lot of things fall to the wayside to make room. Or we never even start the big project because we're not sure how we could possibly manage everything. We want to make sure we're still giving time to our other priorities, right? I totally know that feeling. But in this episode, I'm going to share with you my process for managing time well in the messy middle of it all. In this episode, I'll share the first thing you should consider before you embark on a big project. I'll tell you the secret to making big projects feel a lot less intimidating. And you'll hear the reason why your first step isn't to dive in and take action. And of course, I'll tell you what you should do instead. And finally, you'll hear why asking for help is a can't miss ingredient for making big things happen. And because I know you're trying to make the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're out on a walk right now, I know it might be a little inconvenient to stop what you're doing and take notes on all of this project planning goodness. So don't worry, I've got you covered. 
You can find all the details and lessons learned from today's episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 179. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. The first thing, the very first thing you want to think about when you're getting ready to transition into a big project like this is creating a realistic timeline by breaking the project down into smaller pieces. More than likely, you aren't going to be digging into big projects like writing a book or building a house all the time. Now, if my career were to be solely an author, then yes, maybe I would always be in the midst of writing a book, and that would be my normal. But because I'm also a time management coach, my time isn't simply revolving around writing a book when it comes to work. In other words, writing the book wasn't my primary use of time. And the same is probably true for you with whatever your big project is. Maybe you're digging into a home renovation or you're planning an extended vacation. Those things just, they aren't a part of your everyday, all the time lifestyle, but they are a big part of your life for a season. Eventually, the kitchen remodel will end or you'll be flying back home from the Mediterranean. So take comfort in knowing that the chaos, in a sense, is temporary. And you can do this by creating a timeline. Now, I will say that once I connected with my editor, Cheryl, and the book was officially greenlit by McGraw-Hill, the publisher, the big milestones in my writing timeline were actually set by someone else. I was given a clear deadline to submit the full manuscript, and then I was given deadlines and expectations for all of the different rounds of revisions and edits, all the way to the date the book would land in the publisher's warehouse and then officially be on sale on Amazon. But I still had to create a timeline for myself to actually get the book written. I couldn't just put write book on my to-do list and call it a day. So here's what I did. I think that many people would assume that I created a chapter-by-chapter project plan. Finish chapter one by this date. Finish chapter two by this date. And so on. But instead, I broke this project down into smaller pieces by thinking about words. I knew that the book had to be around 200 to 225 pages long. So I did some Google research to figure out that the approximate word count of a book with that many pages was 55,000-ish. Okay, got it. My book outline included 12 chapters, and those 12 chapters eventually became 11 chapters and an introduction. So I divided the total number of words by 12, and that gave me the approximate number of words for each chapter. Okay, cool. Each chapter needed to be around 4,000 to 5,000-ish words. 
So since I've written almost 200 podcast episodes at this point, I know that it takes me about an hour to write 750 to 1,000 words if I'm really focused. And I also knew, because of the realities of life, that I probably wouldn't have many super long stretches of uninterrupted hours to write, and that I'd be writing in the pockets of time after my girls went to bed in early mornings over a cup of coffee or at the coffee shop down the street on rainy Sunday afternoons. Very rarely did I write at my actual desk during normal business hours. I was doing work during that time. Anyway, knowing how long it takes me to write a thousand words enabled me to map out how many words I needed to write each week in order to stay on track and finish each chapter. Then, About four months away from my deadline, I took a look at how many words I had left, and I mapped out how many words I needed to write each day. Yeah, I had a word count, a daily word count. To stay on top of my daily word count, I printed out blank monthly calendar pages. You know, as much as I love a digital calendar like Google Calendar, sometimes putting pen to paper really is the most effective way forward. So I printed out blank monthly calendar pages and I created a word count tracker. And every day I added the number of words I wrote to that day on the calendar and then added it to the total. So every day I had a running word count. So not only did this help me stay organized and up to date with where I was in the process, but it also served as a habit tracker. I wanted to keep writing a little bit every day to keep the chain going and to keep that number steady moving up toward my target. So if you're embarking on a big project, start by breaking it down into smaller, tiny pieces. For me, that looked like breaking down my word count. That's about as small as it gets when it comes to breaking down a book. But for you, that might look like zeroing in on the different pieces of your project puzzle and then setting specific mini deadlines for knocking out each piece. When you break your project down into smaller pieces, you'll feel less pressure to get huge chunks of your project done at once. And a lot of time, we just don't have expansive four-hour open blocks to get things done because, you know, life. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. 
In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, in all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. One thing I also really want you to know is that it is totally okay and completely normal to shift your timeline if needed. It doesn't make you a failure if you need to move dates around. Life happens, things happen, and we have to adjust. Near the very end of writing, I got pretty behind on my word count. So I booked two nights in a hotel just a few minutes away from the house so I could catch up with a lot of uninterrupted writing time. It was definitely a you gotta do what you gotta do situation, so I buckled down and made it happen. If you've got a big project on the horizon, here are a few questions to ask yourself. When do you want or need to complete the project? Some aspects of your deadlines and milestones might be set by someone else, so we're talking about the pieces that you have control over. And then how can you break the big project down into smaller, more manageable, and less intimidating milestones? And then when do you want to or need to get each milestone complete in order to hit your final deadline? Because the reality is you just won't be able to focus on this project 24 seven. You have a life to live outside of it, even if this project is all you can think about. Now, the second thing I would suggest doing if you've got a big project on the horizon is setting aside time in the beginning of your project for some deep thinking. A lot of times when we kick off a new project, we just wanna dive in and get to work. We wanna start doing the thing. But when we jump into doing without giving ourselves time to think and formulate a plan with ideas and opportunities and potential paths we can take, our project can turn into a mess real quick. Mapping out a project, no matter how big or small, takes a lot of brain power. You have to assess all the important details from a big picture bird's eye view and make sure that the right things are done at the right time. That's why setting aside some focus time is so important for this. I'm talking about no noise, no distractions, just you, your planner, your pen, notebook, whatever, making some plans. That was something that I picked up from my conversation with author Minda Zetlin back in episode 154. She mentioned that when she was in the process of writing her book, Career Self-Care, sometimes she wouldn't write at all. She would just think through concepts, and that thinking time was just as important as writing time. Now, as a mom of two little girls who love to squeal and shriek and scream and make a lot of noise, space for quiet thinking time? can be hard to come by. So I found my quiet thinking time in unexpected places. Instead of listening to music or a podcast while I was in the car by myself, 
I'd just ride in silence and let the thoughts roll in. Or I'd go on a neighborhood walk after lunch without my earbuds or my phone, and I would just think. Or same thing in the shower. No music, no podcast, just thoughts. And I always made sure to have a notebook close by to capture any thoughts for the book that bubbled up. And if I was driving, I'd record a voice note to myself and transcribe it later. Sometimes you'll have to get creative about where and when you'll get in your thinking time, but I can promise you that your project will be better for it if you give yourself the space to do some deep thinking about what you want and how it will all come together before you dive in and get to work. And number three is to ask for help. And when I say ask for help, I don't mean get someone else to do your work for you if it's your work to be done. I couldn't exactly outsource writing the book to someone else. I mean, I guess I could have, but that wouldn't have been very ethical, right? Instead, whenever you're working on a big, major, huge project that's going to take up your time alongside all the regular life that still has to happen, decide what you can let go of and ask for help from others. That might look like being super clear with your partner about your goals for this project setting expectations about what your workload and commitment will look like and asking for their support. Sometimes that's all it takes to have a partner step up to help you when needed. And then sometimes you have to be more specific with your ask. Like, hey, Scott, I really need to get some work done on chapter four this afternoon. Can you hang with the girls for a few hours while I head to the coffee shop down the street? I'll be back by 4 p.m. And while your partner is obviously gonna be a big part of your support system, if you have coworkers, good friends, or a team that supports you, don't be afraid to delegate responsibilities to them. You don't have to do it all. While I was still working full-time with Clockwise, running my coaching business, taking care of my girls, publishing podcast episodes, and writing the book, I leaned heavily on the team at Uncanny Content to help with copywriting for non-book things. I leaned heavily on my marketing assistant, Elisa, to handle a lot of the nitty-gritty marketing stuff. And without my customer success assistant, Allie's help managing the It's About Time Academy earlier this year, I don't know how I would have successfully made it through the intense editing process. If your big project is taking a lot of your time, please don't be afraid to identify what you can let go of and then ask for help where you can. Your support system is there for you for a reason. And they'll likely be honored to help you so you can bring your best self to your big project. It truly takes a village, so let your village be there for you. Overall, what all this comes down to is making sure that you know your needs. And that all starts with being clear on your vision and knowing your values. When you're crystal clear on your values, the things that matter most to you, you know that you need to make time for your family or time for exercise or time for rest. You won't have to second guess what balance looks like because you already know what it means for you. And you can make a plan of action to attain it going forward, even in the middle of giant projects and busy, busy seasons. This is actually what I talk about more in depth in my new book, Time Management Essentials. Time Management Essentials gives you a comprehensive, up-to-the-minute approach to time management. I wrote this book to help people stop feeling overwhelmed so they can spend time on what matters most. Think of it like a step-by-step -step roadmap to taking charge of your time once and for all. 
We'll walk through what it looks like to uncover those values, put them front and center, and base everything you do time management-wise from there. With your values at the center of your decisions, you'll learn how to maximize tools like task batching and time blocking, how to navigate productivity pitfalls, create a schedule that works for you, and know what's needed for an effective planning session. The works. And I'll show you how all of this can fit into your life. No copy and paste cookie cutter strategies here. Learn what you need to continue on with energy, focus, and clarity, no matter what's on your plate. If you're listening to this before June 20th, 2023, you can head straight to AnnaDCornick.com forward slash book to pre-order your very own copy. But if you're listening after June 20th, get excited. You can buy it now. I've got that link over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 179, along with links to the other resources and podcast episodes I mentioned in this episode. And before I go, I just want to say, Thank you so much for all of your support in this. It means so much. From the book launch team to the cheers and encouraging messages, seriously, thanks a million. All right, that about wraps it up for today. Have a great week, friends, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.